What is up, Podheads? Episode 100 of the Podio Slate Podcast is coming at you right now. And uh, hey, guys, we made it to 100. Pretty fucking cool. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. All about the Bennies. Centennial. Insanity. Yeah, we, we're going to raise our nerd bar up a little bit. Yeah, most pods end after what, eight, Twan? Is that what the, the research you, you saw? Yeah, most end after eight. And I wonder Damn. what happens. Like, either they don't have any listeners or it wasn't what they expected or what, but a lot of pods- It's harder than they thought. Yeah, you got to promote it. You got to prep for it. You got to edit it. Not everyone's cut out to uh, to make it in this biz. Not saying we have, but we're here. No, we haven't, but- <laughs> Yeah, we're still showing up. We still show, we still clock in. Yeah, so eight. So that's like two months maybe if you're dropping one a week and you're like, all right, I'm tired. <laughs> like, man, my girlfriend won't even download it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but we get the that's perfect attendance award. That's got to be worth something. And people, yeah, right? have, people have listened. People have uh, been guests, you know, and, and thank you to those folks. We we couldn't do this without you guys. So the listeners, our spouses, our guests, I mean, everyone has had a part of this. We've equated this to an engine and all those are important pieces to keeping that engine going the engine has to be fed and the engine's gotten us to some badass places i mean we've had i I looked tonight this is episode 100 if you count this episode 41 of those episodes have been with a guest wow wow really yes and some of them are repeats you know we we expose and and rob and uh (laughs) and greg jesus the king the all time shouts to Greg. He's he's the fourth member. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, he for is. Sure. But yeah, weddings, kids, vacations. We haven't missed a week, and that's thank you to you guys, Tony and Nate, but also the guests and listeners. So shout outs to everyone listening, even if it's one episode. Yeah, I just got the chime in my head from when we were kids, like the made possible by listeners like you, like the PBS thing. <laughs> right. It's actually true. It actually translates now. It's like, oh yeah, without without you guys, everyone listening, like. I think it would still be possible, but it adds an you know it adds some an, uh, an extra fire to what we're doing. Like okay, like people all over the world are listening to this. That's insane to me, you know. Um, hearing us geek out every week, so yeah, thank you for to everyone. We're gonna we're gonna keep rocking. Yeah, I, I don't feel like we've slowed down, which has been awesome. I don't feel like uh, it isn't fun, which is also awesome. Having done this now for you know the better part of two years, and it, it is because of all those things that you guys mentioned. All the you know the family. Uh, being okay with us sitting in front of our computers, talking to each other for two hours once a week or whatever it is. Uh, and then talking to other people, having anybody say yes to us to come on has been both humbling and amazing. And we've had conversations with people we've wanted to talk to for years, as we've said numerous times, and we got to. And I mean, it's been fucking badass all the whole way. And uh, and then anybody that's checked us out, if you have clicked on this one and this is the first one you've listened to, awesome, thank you. Go back and check out some other ones. If it's the 99th or 100th one you've listened to, even better. We love that you've been here for it and uh, we really appreciate you. So thanks, guys. So with that, we wanted to hit the triple digits with a bang. We wanted to do something that uh, was really a culmination and compilation of, of uh, a lot of the guests that we've had on the show. So we want to do something special. And that special thing is we brought, as you know, you've clicked on the episode, we brought a bunch of guests back. We wanted to do, uh, we wanted to find out everyone's kind of down home cooking comfort food, really go-to album. This is the go-to album that it could be five years old. It could be 20 years, but it just hasn't left your rotation, whether it's CD player, MP3, Napster, Spotify, whatever your jam is. It's just a go-to. It's that, 
comfort. You 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 get your zen. You come back to ground zero, and uh, we got some good ones. We're not going to spoil it. We're going to have you listen to it. Anything before we uh, jump into it, gentlemen? I mean, it's all over the map, right? It's similar to the guests. It's a lot of surprises in here. Let's put it that way. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, there there. I'm thinking about them now. But yeah, there's quite a few. All right, it's all over the map. For sure. All right, Nate. Who we have first? Yeah. So the first guest we had was uh, Josh Toomey of Talk to Me Podcast. If you uh, go listen to episode 81, if you want to listen to our conversation with Josh, here is his comfort food album. Oh man, that's a good question because it, it's it's so all over the map. You know, I I talk about it all the time. The you know, being into the victory bands, being into, like you said, carcass, being into so many different genres back in the day. What's what's an album I can put on and just kind of go home to? I mean, I guess if you're going to go with that, I mean, I, I know it's it's kind of on the on topic lately, but the Metallica's Black album yeah. like was, yeah. was the kind of game changer for me. And I know for the years and years, that was such a bad thing to say with elitist metalheads from like, oh, they they died when cliff died and you know justice for all was the last good album and you know but i mean black album blew my mind like it it inner sandman video comes on mtv i was i was 12 years old <laughs> you know i had been listening to, to a little bit of hard rock and stuff like that at the time but but like metallica just there was a good two or three year period in there actually i just talked to my dad today about this because he he watched the Jason Newstead stuff on YouTube and he's just like, you could tell you were having a good time. And he remembers the, you know, back in the day, I mean, my walls were not much different than they are now down here, but you know, covered in Metallica posters. It was like all Metallica. All we talked about was Metallica and, you know, early bands, we would just cover Metallica. Like we can't write original songs. Metallica wrote all the best songs. So yeah, I mean, just going back to the black album and, and getting, listening to it again, you know, I bought the I bought the box set and just kind of go diving into that and just just revisiting that album just start to finish. Once you get past the overplayed singles, I mean that the the B sides and the or side B and holier than thou and all that stuff. I mean, it's still still hold up. Totally agree. Timeless album that it just. I mean, it's why it moves so many units to this day. So <laughs> yeah, it still sells crazy. And I think it, it with the re-release in the box set, I think it went back into the top 10 of Billboard Jesus. You know, 30 years later. All right. Now, here is Spose. He was on episode 29 with us. That is a little more of his life and times in music. And then we had him back for episodes 82 and 83 uh, to talk Kanye West and the Kanye West catalog. But here is his Comfort Food album. I'm going to go, yeah, I'm sorry. One popped right into my mind, so I'm just going to say it. And Perfect. it's is, is This It by The Strokes. Oh, wow. Nice. 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 I didn't see that coming. Nice. All right. Why? Ever can never, that album's never let me down. Every time. It's what I need. It's what I need. It's a perfect, it, it's just perfect. It's the vibe I'm looking for. It's like, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. I, I, you know, another album that like, I'm almost like as somebody who, somebody who's from like the nineties era and not the early two thousands era in my mind, like musically, that's how I feel about myself. But like, uh, and this is no knock to their previous album, but the album, the black parade by mm -hmm. my chemical romance is a all timer for me. And something that I put on weekly. Nice. Wow. Nice. nice. Yep. Weekly. I do it all the time when I'm doing the dishes, I just belt it out. Like I fucking love it. 
All right, next up, we have Brian Colburn of the Playlist Wars podcast. So Brian uh, joined us for episode 84 for a Concert Wars, kind of a spin on what they do. Brian and Gomez, here is uh, Brian's pick. Oh, that's actually an easy one. Considering all the different music I listen to, you think this would be hard, but this was the first album I remember listening to with my parents growing up. It's the album I've listened to more times than I could ever remember, and I never get sick of it, and it's The Cars self-titled nice the cars nice this so good this album ushered a new genre of music it introduced new wave to the world whether you like new wave or not if an album introduces a genre you have to give it respect but for me the respect comes from the fact that this album i literally listened to it with my parents so much that my dad's original vinyl had skips in good times roll and it wasn't until I got the first CD that I didn't think the skips were actually part of the damn song because I had wow. heard it so much because I would record it onto cassettes and listen to it in my Walkman, but the skips were there. So when I first heard it without the skips, I was like, what, what's that? There's actually words here. Like, like I've listened to this oh, album so many times. I've gone on the IF and Love This Record podcast as well as Pick a Disc, uh, which is out of London, to talk about this album. So I've talked well over three hours about this album between the two podcasts and I could go on forever about how much I love this album. It's just a brilliant piece of art. Every song on it's fantastic. You've got your radio hits, but you've also got these experimental things. You've got these weird things. You've got these things that have a punky vibe to it. The cars were kind of all over the place and it was tongue in cheek and it was dark, but it was pop friendly and you could sing along to it. But it had some grit, and at the end of the at the end of the album, it ends with a saxophone solo over new wave music, which shouldn't work, but does because it's the Cars. Rick Ocasek was a friggin' genius. Yep, agreed. I he damn was near, a genius. I damn near broke out in tears when I I was at the Stone Temple Pilots Rival Sons concert the night he died, and when word started spreading through the crowd that he died, I couldn't enjoy Stone Temple Pilots that night because I was friggin' heartbroken on the way home like yeah. i never got to see them live i never will now and the album just holds a real special place in my heart and i can listen to it anytime anywhere from start to finish it's just a perfect album yes great great call great album um and now i'm gonna go listen to it that's gonna be my my post show here i'm gonna go listen to that late 70s too i mean you put someone on planet earth and they listen to this and you ask them what year was that made I don't think they'd pin 1970s, you know. Well, they yeah, wouldn't know. They wouldn't know anything, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I would say 80s for sure. Yeah. So yeah. this was ahead of its time. Definitely ahead of its time, and it's an album that you could listen to now, and it doesn't sound dated. Yep. I mean, yes, yep. they, it, they they use the electronic drums and stuff, but musically, the punky vibe to songs like "Don't You Stop." could fit in with any one of these indie rock bands that are out there now doing what the cars did 40 years ago. Yep. And it's just, it speaks volumes to what these guys were able to bring in. It's if you listen to the car self-titled and then you listen to heartbeat city, you're listening to two different bands here Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. stuff they did in 77, just it's, it's a mind blowing album. And I, and I, you know, it's one of those albums that to me is a perfect album. When you think about, the amount of hits on it. You think about like Boston's self-titled album where every song was a hit. 
to me, that's the car self-titled. Totally. And, you know, uh, it's a band that I first started listening to when I was, uh, when I was a, I think I was a freshman or sophomore in high school, just hanging out in the weight room for football 2000. And just when I needed pops on, I'm like, all right, cool. Like let's, let's do my bench set right now. So yeah. It, it, and that was 20, you know, 22 years ago, 21 years ago. So it's timeless. It was always timeless. It continues to be timeless to this day. Yeah. Down to the artwork too. Like it's such, it's so captivating. So like, uh, I don't know. There's such a mystique about the cars because they weren't really like a public band and especially Rick Ocasek. He was kind of like a, I don't know, recluse, right? You never well, heard of him. There's a reason why uh, Weezer and Rick Ocasek had such a perfect symbiotic relationship because totally. yeah. he produced a lot of their albums. But you think about the vibe. These were not the, this was not your cool rock band. These were not the guys that were getting on the front cover of magazines. These were the kind of the outcasts that just made fantastic friggin' music. Right. right. Yeah, totally. Great record. Great pick. Yes. This, this fits perfect. All right. Next up the de facto fourth host of the podcast on episode nine, 41, 64 and 85. We got good old Greg Bergdorf of Zebrahead and bourbon brothers fame. One of our, at this point I say he's like a good friend of ours, especially you tone. I mean, he's a good friend of all of ours, just from the time yeah. that we've spent nerding out with him, right? I mean, we love Greg, and we're going to go a little longer here with this intro just because uh, Greg has been kind enough to talk to us four times. And then I got to meet him last summer, so that was fun, too. Greg Rules, uh, talk about everything you thought he would be growing up, and you you know, you know, finally meet him, talk to him. He's everything and more. So shout-outs to Greg. Here's uh, Greg's pick. I mean, there's so many. But I, I will tell you this. You use the word comfort and uh, a lot of times on tour and, you know, you're on week six of eight of being gone. And before the eight week tour, you were home for three weeks and you were out six weeks before that. And you're just like, I just want to go home. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> I would honestly, I would go to sleep to pet sounds all the time and uh well that would be something that would uh i would just i would go to sleep with <laughs> and uh i would i would always start it on uh john b <laughs> you know it's got the line in the song this is the worst trip i've ever been on oh, yeah. and before it goes on it, towards the end and <laughs> but the harmonies throughout that whole record are uh just it, brian wilson's a musical genius yep. um to put that record together especially in a time like that when there's no pro tools and there's no like plug-in that's going to create the harmonies that he wrote out and uh yeah it's uh just every, everything about that record is uh just it's a perfect record for me well, it transports you out of the van, you know. Yeah. <laughs> on tour, it's like the opposite of being in a ba in a van. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't know. It was just a. Uh, it, it was everything I loved about music in a record, like from, you know, being being a concept record, just the the musical genius of it, the, you know, out of bounds stuff that, would have been. I guess is that still a rock record at that point? Like. I mean, Beach yeah. Boys, right? It, it gets into, it's definitely groundbreaking for its time of like 
even the other guys in the band were like, Brian, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's a good choice. That's a great choice. That's, yeah, that's. I, I did not think you were going to say that, so I, I'm I'm happy you did because it it's it's contrasting to some of the other ones we've heard. I'm, I'm excited about this compilation. All right, next up we have the one and only Steve Ewing of The Urge, which uh, we got to talk to Steve a little before Christmas last year in, on episode 89. So a lot of really cool uh, how they came up, what they ended up being on that episode. But here is Steve's pick. Man, why are you going to do me like that? <laughs> oh, man. Damn. It could be more than one. It's a hard I gotta, one. I got to have more than one. I got to have more than one. Top three. Combat Rock by The Clash. Nice. Zenyatta Mandata by The Police. Nice. And then um, Eye Against Eye, Bad Brains. Hell yeah. Jeez, you're three nice. for three. You Oof. passed the test. Oof. Yeah. Damn. Yep. And he's the yep. first person to give us three, and they're all awesome. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that is, that's badass. And it, it definitely shows the, uh, shows the influences for, for your band. So, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's like a textbook. Like, oh, it all kind of like comes to the middle. It makes sense now. <laughs> All right, next up, we have the one, the only, Tucker Rule of Thursday. He uh, joined us back in episode 92. We did the whole full collapse retro, talked about the come up for Thursday. Just a 90s, uh, we'll call him 90s OG, right? Thursday started in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a New Jersey OG. Just Tucker, we love you, dude. Appreciate you coming on, and here is uh, Tucker's pick. I would say either quicksand slip or quicksand man of compression. Ooh, nice, great nice. choice. So that um, rival schools tour must have been like a homecoming moment for you, dude. It was t touring with your heroes, man. You know, because you had like fucking obviously Walter, and then you had Sammy on the drums. Sammy fucking played in every band you could think of in the whole entire world. Limp Biscuit included. Uh including Limp Bizkit. And then you had like Cash, who was this ridiculous bass player. And then Ian Love, who's just a super talented musician, producer, you know, and, and the songs were just so great, man. And I, I just, I got to watch them every night and I got to fucking hang out with them and be friends with them till this day, you know? So it's, it's, it was really, really crazy. You know what I mean? Like Walter fucking is in two of my favorite bands. Yeah. Well, he's in like five of my favorite bands, but two of my absolute favorite, which is Quicksand and Rabbit Pool. Yes. Damn. Awesome. Great answer. <laughs> yeah, Great <we're>... answer. <laughs> Thanks. Slip is probably top 10, 15 albums for me personally. Oh, dude. Phaser. Phaser has that, you know, that, oh, that yeah. intro, that drum intro. Is just so, so that's sick. where you got it from. <laughs> Could have been, man. I stole a but lot yeah. of shit from Alan Cage. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I got a lot of a lot of references from Alan Cage. All right, next up, we got Damien Moyel of As Friends Rust. It's a little solo project as well. Uh, he was a blast to talk to on uh, episode 79 and 88. So we got a bunch of contenders here going for Greg's spot, but he was on twice. Always kind of shares time with us. But uh, yeah, let's get into it with uh, Damien. You know, I well, yeah, I have a lot. I'm sure a lot of people just immediately start compiling a list of their their favorite albums, right? But there was something in the uh, in the original request. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the term uh, comfort food yes. was, yep. was yep. yep. And uh, so that kind of led me down this sort of, it became very like autumnal and sort of Thanksgiving holidays, sort of seasonal. I don't know, I guess is kind of where 
my mind took me. So, uh, you know, I could rattle off a hundred albums that I'll never stop listening to and feel like I was born listening to. But because of that, I think uh, where, where I settled was, and, and possibly just because I didn't want to, uh, you know, battle <laughs> with myself anymore. So I just had to sort of pick one. But uh, I settled on, on low, uh, the low debut, I Could Live in Hope, um, which to me is kind of, uh, it is very uh, autumnal and sort of brown and kind of the seasons, you know, sort of changing. I, I, I think nostalgically sort of correlated with, uh, with that sort of sliding into winter and maybe this, these mixed feelings of kind of uh, the more kind of jubilant uh, holiday sort of family kind of aspects, but also the uh, seasonal teenage depression kind of vibes. So it's a, it's a complicated album, but it's, it's uh, and I have a lot of those and some I can't listen to anymore. Um, but this is one that's been able to sort of just always matter to me. And I've, I don't think a year has passed since first hearing it in 94, 95, that I haven't listened to it. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, I always return to that one. Yeah, 1994, it looks like it came out. I'm not familiar with this, but I did just add it to my library and something I'll be listening to tomorrow. Nice. Good suggestion. I was going to say, I, I feel like this is like a book club where like in this case, I knew the band. I didn't know the album, and I couldn't tell you. I know like what kind of like realm and wheelhouse they're in, but I don't know this album. But similar, it's it's now on my uh, my next book to read, if you will. That's that's right. the reason we're doing. It. We've done this, right? We want to get yeah. stuff from people that we've talked to that love music and have been around music a ton. To you know, what what does the musician listen to? I want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hope you guys dig it. It's it's um. It's very minimal, very slow, beautiful, somber, pretty dark, but but also just um, comforting, you know. And I think the way that the question kind of uh, that was the path the question led me down was, you know, which ones? Uh, yeah, it became sort of a seasonal thing, but also something that was just um, just comforting. And, yep. and I think that's the one. Very cool. Just a little sidebar on that on that question. Is it something that you're listening to consistently or, or is it sacred and you listen to it, you know, every 12 months rather than every month kind of thing? I listen to it, uh, you know, sometimes I'll check it out a, a, a couple times or a few times uh, during the year, just kind of, I, I get in a mood, but it is, it is uh, definitely sort of triggered, I think, by the weather getting a little bit cooler. Yeah. There are a lot of albums that, you know, you they just may not ever bubble up to your, to the surface of your, you know, consciousness uh, at other parts of the year. But as soon as the the temperature drops 10 degrees, you're like, oh shit, time for, uh, you know, for me, there are, there are a lot of those for me. It's like, there's a Kings of Convenience album that's very kind of fall transitioning to winter. Malcolm Middleton, he's one of the guys from my Arab Strap, some of his solo stuff. Uh, it, it's usually a little sadder, I think, because I think uh, those were traditionally, it was not always the best time of the year for me for many years. Uh, and sometimes you want to you want to uh, visit that a bit, but not get completely pulled into it. And, and a few, you know, there are a few albums that can take me there, but not uh, sink me. We're approaching low season. <laughs> low yeah, low right? season's coming up, right? Yeah. Yep. And that makes complete sense to me as I've had this conversation with my wife. Cause she's like, sometimes like, why are you listening to that? That's, that doesn't sound very happy. And I'm like, 
makes me feel better when I'm done with it. Like it's just this process you need to kind of go through listening to something that might evoke some emotions that aren't necessarily great, but you're using it to, you know, as a catharsis to like get by it. So that's, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think as we get older, we, we also, uh, haven't there been studies that kind of explain why like yep. between the ages of what is it like 16 and 25 music resonates with us on a different level. It's a lot more visceral, a lot more emotional. And as we get older and more distracted and, and busier, I think, and probably just neurologically, even we just can't really form those connections as, uh, as deeply necessary, you know, with music. So I think listening to albums like that is, is it's like a form of like cutting almost where it's like, mm. you're kind of uh, a little bit numb or you don't seem to connect quite as deeply as you did when you were young. And every now and then you just want to feel, you know, you, you want to remind yourself that you can still feel something that deeply. I totally buy into that. I've never heard of a study like that, but uh, I mean, if we look at the the bands and the albums we talk about, it's very rare that it's new bands that we just connected with, yep. you know, in our mid thirties. It's, Hey, that album, who knows if it was actually good, but we loved it when we were 16, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a nostalgic layer to that, that adds value too, right? Cause you know that it got you through those times then. So it's almost like a life preserver, you know, has validity. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's true. It's, it's kind of a, like a friend or a partner that you're not with anymore, you know, don't right. have that relationship when you, mm -hmm. you've, you've moved on, but there's always going to be sort of a, a, a special sort of a place for them. And your, if not your heart, your, your, you know, your memory banks, because it was um, somebody important at a time of your life that was important. So you, you can't just shake that no matter, uh, you know, how hard you try and maybe we shouldn't have to. All right. Here we have Phil Lipscomb on the basis of Taproot. And uh, when we had Phil come back on to, to give us his picks, we, we must have talked to him for what, an hour, guys? Like it could have been oh, a whole sure. episode itself. <laughs> we love Phil. Phil is uh, a music nerd just like we are. And he uh, uh, hopefully we some of that conversation may see the light of day down the road if he's cool with it. So but here we are with Phil's picks. There is. Um, I gave nice. it a lot of thought, and I, you know, there's a lot of uh, cooler answers, you know, like Rage Against the Machine or Stone Double Pilots or something like that. But mine actually ended up with uh, ended up on Bon Jovi's New Jersey. Nice. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I, I seem to always go back to. And if I'm especially tired on a long drive, um, did this many times uh, when we were touring. Uh, to the to the not so good pleasure of everybody else, they weren't necessarily happy with me. <laughs> but you know, two, three, <laughs> awesome. four in the morning, uh, I'd be blast in New Jersey just to keep me keep me awake and singing along. And it's one of those ones that's just such a feel good, fun album, man. I, I love it. Yeah, man, I could see that right now just looking at the track list. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Gotta, yeah, gotta yeah, stay awake in the tour bus, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the van and trailer at the time, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have visions of you. Uh just like banging on the steering wheel while everyone else is trying to sleep in the back <laughs> or just singing out loud. Not too much. I try to, I, I'm not, I'm not much of a drummer. So, <laughs> but yeah, they, they hate it. Especially because I go to the deep cuts. It's not just like bad medicine and you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's like, uh, what, what's on there? Like, you know, stick to your guns and wild yep. is the wind. And yep. 
and things like that, that, you know, blood on blood, <laughs> like those, those are the songs I love too. You know, I, I love every song on that album. So yeah, I just go through it all front to back, no pause <laughs> or no, right. no skipping tracks. So for that record, does it bring you back to like those memories of, of driving the tour, the, the van or? Yeah. So, I mean, that those mm-hmm. like Bon Jovi was one of the first bands I really kind of got into, you know, I'm, I'm 45 now. So, you know, 88, I was what, 12. So, you know, right, right in that, my formative years for music. Yeah, I remember, I mean, I remember seeing those songs on MTV and just being, you know, wanting Bon Jovi's hair <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> yes, yes. That's awesome. Man, the more we, the more yeah. we do these, the more I'm like, it is from that time frame for a lot of people that like 12 to 16, 17 yes, years old. For sure. One of those, one of those records that just hit you early on in your music fandom. And yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, dude, I, I loved them. And then, and then, you know, I actually stopped listening to them for a long time just because they weren't cool anymore. And then I just re- would revisit them and I'd be like, man, I just love it. Yeah. So now I, mm-hmm. un- I unashamedly love old Bon Jovi. I, I never got really into the new stuff, but the old Bon Jovi, I absolutely love those, you know, that and Slippery When Wet, of course. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. I actually, a little fun story. I got to see them in Cleveland a friend of mine was uh, Richie's guitar tech back, I want to say 2012. And so he got me pre-show, got to go um, backstage Ooh. and check out his guitars. And I actually got to be on stage playing one of his guitars through his talk box. Nice. That's, Damn. that's awesome. Yeah. And, and I actually had the little piece of, uh, he cut off a little piece of the, you know, little tubing thing. Yep. And I, I still have that as a little souvenir from, from that show. 12-year-old you was probably freaking out. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's pretty darn cool. I just, you know, not being a guitar player, it was still just like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm going to do it. That's so cool. That's cool. Yeah, I got to check out all the whole rig, got to check out the bases and, you know, kind of where everybody stands and all that, man. It was, it was neat. Uh, that's so good. That's yeah, so good. but, but the, that Bon Jovi album kind of can, can fit any time period, I guess. That romantic, I don't know, fun-loving 80s rock you know yeah it's i mean that's exactly what it is right and, and that's i can see why that stuck with you and, and why it's comfort food right that's that's how we we ended up at this question was a, what's your comfort food album that makes sense <laughs> to me yeah all right next on the docket is ryan sin ryan sinnett the bassist of uh the 2000s ogs the distillers super fun to talk to ryan He's another guy that I think we'll definitely have on at some point. I mean, oh yeah, uh, Sing Sing Death House just turned twenty, so uh, I don't know. Maybe we could do something with that. Here is Ryan Sin's comfort food pick. It's so hard to pick one. I've been thinking about this since you asked me like two days. I keep going back to my records and looking. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about music is a lot of those comfort albums go with mood, so they probably like throughout different times of your life, like. I can think of my first one was John Denver greatest hits tape that I had. My mom used to sing that to me as a kid. And then like beach boys, pet sounds and uh, Steve Miller's greatest hits. Those are like, kind of like family jams stuff that was always playing. So that kind of, you know, comfort takes me back. And, uh, but man, yeah, throughout all of, I think probably the most unpunk album, I get yelled at a lot by punkers for listening to this, but I think it's probably the album I've listened to more than any other record. It'd probably, it'd be a lateralis by tool. Oh, nice. Nice. Great album. Great album. Yeah, that's... I mean, we did a whole episode on it, so yeah. Oh, Ren. Ren. Yeah, I was, like I said, I was trying to go through and narrow it down to one, and I mean, I had, I mean, everybody from Faith No More, Killing Joke, The Cure, 
Beastie Boys that I'm trying to narrow it down. And then I just like, oh, and I went into the uh, iTunes play count and just kind of looked and went, oh, well, there we go. I guess it's that one. Yeah, the data doesn't lie. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a great call. A great record, Ryan. I'm, I'm, I mean, you go back. I think what, what episode was that, guys? 80, it was in the 80s. Was it early 80s? I can't even remember. I don't know. They blended. We in. did a, uh, right, where we did a, a lateralis deep dive because it turned, geez, when did it? It turned 20 last year. It turned 20 in, in 2021. So, wow. yeah. Wow. That's wild too, right? It feels like it came out yesterday. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. 20 years. Yeah. Episode 74, if you want to go back and listen. 70. Oh, I'm going to now. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to, but if anybody else wants to. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go back and listen to it. That's a fun album to deep dive on, especially when you get into all the conspiracy theories. If nothing else, it's some great fan fiction. All right. Question sidebar number two off of that album. What is your, what would you say your favorite track off that album is? Which is a tough, tough question too. Man. That's... Either the grudge or parable. Nice. Great mm-hmm. packs. Yeah. Those yeah. those are standouts when we I mean, we basically listen to it a lot all the time, but a real lot leading up to that episode. And those were two that stood out. They stood out back when I was a kid. They stood out as an adult. Yeah. I like them the the um God, I don't know the right to put way to put it. The the kind of rhythmic aspect of it is almost hypnotic. I put that on a lot when I'm drawing or painting or kind of doing any type of visual art and kind of zone out. So a lot of times I'll uh, kind of yeah put the record on and then there's uh, I think it's like track nine comes on. I'm like, whoa, we're already here. I can start yeah. it over, you know? Yeah. All right. This one's special for me. Uh, one of my best friends, Rob Riccatelli, uh, gave us his picks. You might have remembered him from episode 17 way back in the day and also recently with episode 96. So uh, Rob's got some uh, some interesting uh, down-home cooking comfort food albums for us next. We love you, Rob. Love you, man. Yeah, Rob. Uh, I hate this question, and it's been asked <laughs> to me so many times, not in the exact form that you just did, but it's you know it's, it's like choosing a kid. It really is. Yeah. It's like, hard. how do you pick just one? Because you have, you have so many. Let, let me, let's go with, I got a couple. Can I do a couple? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Uh, first one that comes to mind is, uh, is born in the USA from Springsteen. Nice. Um, that is, uh, that is a front to back album for me. The way you phrased it, Nate was like, what's your, you know, I think you said your home cooking, like front to back go to. Yeah. That is one of those albums that I love listening to front to back. No question. And another one that uh, that pops in my mind is uh, is the Hysteria Def Leppard album. Ooh, nice, nice. Just another one of those front to back, maybe on a different day in a different mood than the Springsteen one. But you know, driving in the car on a hot summer day with the windows down and that album turned up super loud. It's just it sounds so good. That's perfect. Like that paints a perfect picture for that because I can totally see myself doing that i could see totally. us doing that like headed to sunday fun day or any of that stuff you know what i mean oh yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those albums that fits anywhere but that's just one in particular where i'm like yeah you know crank it up i was gonna say the strip club too oh hell yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, yeah it fits everywhere it fits everywhere yeah it, that's it's a great album you know uh little little kids dance recitals <laughs> right. uh, bar mitzvahs <laughs> the list really goes on and on Two very different styles, and I love that. Can, and are they both from the '80s? Right, Hysteria's '80s. Both from the '80s. Hmm. I'm both sense, from the '80s. Yeah. Uh, '84 and '84 uh, and '87. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. One more yeah. honorable mention, and just so people that are listening and be like, "Who is this? Uh, this old man? Does he listen to anything current whatsoever?" <laughs> this isn't even that current, really. But 
you know, you guys know me. We've talked about this before. My favorite band of the 21st century is definitely the Killers. So Hot Foss album, another one right there. Great, nice. great call. Yep, and and yeah, I we I remember bonding over the Killers with you when we first really started hanging out, being friends. So that's that's awesome, man. That's a yep. that's a great. Record. Which is hard to believe that that album is will be 20 years old in a couple of years. I think it's What's 18 that? this year, right? It came out in 2004. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Episode 94 guest, Brian Fair of Overcast and Shadows Fall and Hell Knight now, I believe. Uh, man, this is pretty pretty cool to have people like him on and, and relive shows and episodes that we had done previous to him coming on and then to get his perspective on it. And then also to get his comfort food album, which is right here. Ooh, that is a tough one because there's like different vibes, but yeah, I, I have to just be fully honest. The one that I, since day one, heard that I will always still can put on at any time is uh, spiritualized uh, laser guided melodies. It's the most lush and mellow yet enthralling record ever. The second one would be The Smiths, The Queen is Dead. I could listen to that at any time ever. But those two, those, those are the ones. But I, I spiritualize, on, if I'm honest with myself, that's the record I would grab and, uh, and honestly put on all the time. I usually wake up my whole house with it still on vinyl like when, I, <laughs> when I'm making coffee in the morning. So, yeah, that would be the one. And it, it, it never fails. So does the family love it or hate it? Because you're waking them up with it. It's, so. it's mellow enough that it's not, uh, you know, yeah, not a vibe crusher. They're not as psyched when I'm like not super psyched on the on, on the kids aren't getting up or whatever. And I'll just drop like DRI's first record at like full yeah. teeth rattling nice. wake up volume. That gets the whole house moving, but not a, and people aren't really that happy about it. So but that's <laughs> that's a go to. They know they know that they need to just get the fuck up when they hear like, you know, when, when DRI kicks in and they're just like, yep, OK, sorry, dad, we'll get up. Yep. Yep. Get moving. <laughs> time to go to school. Yep, time to go to school. And to round us out before we give our picks, uh, you know, we're, we're not on the caliber of these guys, but uh, we're, we're going to give our picks at the end. But uh, next up, 90s OG. <laughs> Keep saying that. New Jersey royalty, Benny Horowitz, low in theory fame, killing gift. And you all know and love him from uh, the Gaslight Days, Gaslight Anthem. Just had him on, uh, what, last week, episode 99. And uh, great guest, funny dude. I'd love to, you know, have a few beers with that dude in in person. But here's Benny giving his comfort food pick. Mm. There's a bunch, but the one that definitely stands out would be uh, Led Zeppelin Physical Graffiti. Nice. Hell yeah. Because it's like, it's uh, comforting song-wise in a lot of ways, but it's also like, to me, one of the ultimate production records where I, uh, I've gotten... You know, when I go to a venue and uh, somebody's like, oh, what do you like, like sound-wise or something? I'm like, you ever heard of Led Zeppelin Physical Graffiti? I'm like, make my drum sound like that and I'll be cool, (laughs) you know? So it's been the benchmark for so much, but it's also the record that I can just like use as my release because I know it so well on drums that like can put on my headphones and melt with that record and it actually does a lot like for my soul, you know? So I'll say that. That's a great call. 10 years gone, man. I fucking love 10 years gone. Such a great song. Ah, Beautiful. Yeah. I think it was really their sweet spot. All right. There you have it. Those were uh, 
12 of our guests over the last 100 episodes. And not everybody we've had. There are a few in there that we didn't get a chance to connect with on this this go-round, but a uh, lot of really fun guests back there. So go check out any and all of our interviews with uh, these amazing folks uh, anytime you, you get a couple minutes and you want to nerd out with us again. But that being said, guys, let's get into our picks, right? We got to give our picks now. Yeah, right? we got comfort food. Nate, what do you got? You're at the table. It's Thanksgiving Day. This comfort food in front of you. What are you taking a bite into first? Ma- mashed potatoes? Ooh. What's going on? Man, there's there's a few, right? I think I have like three written down here that I kind of always circle back to. Thanksgiving, ready to you know, relax, not think about anything, and just experience the uh, true magical nature of uh, music nerdery as it is. And uh, one of mine is... Uh, this is kind of an obvious one, but not really, because they got a big catalog. Is Pearl Jam's debut album Ten for me is a all-time comfort album. It's a seamless album. Big fan, obviously, right? But um, and their legacy, their bit, their all their albums are great. But Ten is, Ten is just a. I mean, I think the intro starts it off really comfort album-ish because it's just easy to be fully absorbed in that intro of that album. Uh, additionally, Queens of the Stone Age, the self-titled album is an absolute comfort album for me. And that was like one of the last ones that I discovered. I mean, it was like songs for the deaf rated R and then that I kind of went backwards. Um, but this is my all, this is in my comfort food album stash just because it's uh, easy listening, but uh, has a such a weird vibe that I, I can't fully understand. And I almost go back to it to dissect it every time. Um, and additionally, wait a Kings- second, wait a second. You can't quit me, baby. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that really spoke to you, Nate. <laughs> that one used to, I used to be Great a teenage song. hand model. So good. Yeah. And I, and I got third one too. Uh, Kings of Leon come around sundown. Nice. Is my like bonafide road trip album that comes on me and my wife. We play it when we go to the mountains, the desert, the beach, it's just a perfect background record. So these three, but that one's kind of got that vibe. They all have, they all have their own little interesting flavor, I guess you'd say. So those are my three that, that came to mind immediately. There's a ton more, but obviously not going to go all crazy. That, that fits the, th- the food theme, flavor, Nate, which you, oh, love, yeah. which you love to call back to in interviews, and it always works. It works, yeah, I guess most of the time. Recently, <laughs> it seems to work better. <laughs> it's a little bit more dialed now, not instead of like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like uh, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here. And actually, this will be pretty quick because we've somehow managed to talk about two out of these three albums a few times, I think. Anyway, uh, first one, As Friends Rest 1. We did the whole deep dive with Damien on it back in 79. If you know that album and you want to relive the magic with the vocalist, check out episode 79. If you've never heard the album, fire it up on uh, your streaming platforms. Go check, Still go check out the episode. Uh, but again, it's an album that Turned 20 last year, has not left my rotation. Next one, same theme. Crime and Stereo's Troubled Stateside came out in 2006, so 16 years old. We talked about it back on episode 10 for the He's on Fire three album run episode. That was uh, album number two of that run for me. Hasn't left my rotation, always a go-to. Go back if you dare. Go back and listen to episode 10. I think we're a little... uh, you know, a little fresh in the game. I haven't listened to that episode probably since it dropped, and maybe I should. And the last one, uh, on the heavier side, this is uh, one that has not left my rotation in uh, 18 years. It came out in 2004. It's 100 Demons. 
self-titled album came out on Death Wish Inc., uh, Jacob Bannon of Converge's label. And uh, I can say with no hesitation, it's the best modern metalcore album. And what I mean by that is post-2000. Without hesitation. It's nine songs. It's 25 minutes. Not a skip. It's perfect. There's some melody in there with uh, the song Repeat Process. If you have never listened to it, go check it out. If you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I listen to that running. It's always on my like road race play road race playlist, whatever I'm lifting or anything like that. Yeah, check it out. That's me. Nice. All right, my comfort food picks. I also had three. I could, it's you just can't narrow it down. We're music nerds. We love all kinds of stuff. So I, I'm going to give three's you, hard. Even three three's three's hard. is very hard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, these were kind of go-to gut reaction feelings for me. Just I kind of like how we sprung the question on most of our guests. So for me, uh, first honorable mention I'll give you is this is going to sound, we've never really talked about it, but the bare naked ladies rock spectacle, which is a mm. live record yep. that I listened to a ton when I was a kid uh, driving around going on summer vacations with my dad. So that was a record that kind of got played a lot along with Petty's uh, greatest hits. But yeah, man, uh, that that record just brings me back to a time and place every time I listen to it, and that's why it's it's my first honorable mention. Second one is Atmosphere's "God Loves Ugly." Mm, if nice. you know me, you grew up around me, you went to concerts with me, like you two both did. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be one of my favorite records of all time, uh, especially at the time frame. Like I, I'm not in the headspace that I was when that was hitting me the way it did, but it's still really good. It's a great great underground hip-hop classic so atmosphere's god loves ugly is my second one and uh my i mean the, the goat for me is always counting crows august and everything after it's yeah. talked about it a ton on here uh you can hear me you know wax poetic about it on episode three if you want to uh but that's my comfort food album i, I always come back to that one on august 1st every year and it it makes you know makes its way into my life more often than I even realize it's happening. So kind of grows August the that, after. That is a like cozy up to the fire album. Like oh for sure. Yeah, it's that's that's a great pick. And we we all know you love that album. I'm not surprised you picked it. But it's an album that I've revisited over the last couple of years as a result of this these conversations. So uh, and it fits this perfect. Yeah, actually, all all of our picks are kind of the t-shirt that we're wearing, right? It's like oh, I I could have guessed that, but maybe not that album specifically but uh, it makes sense for you as an individual. So that's an- another thing with music, right? It's that part identity, which is always cool. All right. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out, checking out any of our uh, interviews with the, any of these fine folks on this list and beyond. Uh, anybody that's spun an episode of ours, man, we, we are super appreciative of all of you and uh, couldn't, couldn't be here, wouldn't be here at episode 100 and hopefully beyond uh, without people like you who press play on, a, on an episode. So thank you for doing that. Like we said in the start, we appreciate, uh, I mean, that, that's the word, appreciation. We, mm-hmm. if, if no one listened, we've always said we'd still do this, but the fact that people do listen and want to join us really makes it special, and that's not lost on us. So thanks again. Exactly. This is, uh, yeah, it's like a resume episode, you know? It's a little bit of brag and write episode, but it's also a, an appreciation episode with reg- regards to, you know, this is a, a true nerd pinnacle moment we hit 100 we got all of everyone to come back or a lot of people to come back and, and chat their favorite albums and it all goes back to uh the people tuning in and the people coming on to chat with us so it's a full-on tribute episode so yeah thanks everyone we'll see you on the next one see you later peace potheads. heads peace